Hello, everybody, and welcome back into Talk Off. It is Tuesday, March 21st, and the U.S. of A. is in the championship for the World Baseball Classic. We did it, boys. We're there. Team Mexico and Team Japan playing as we record right now. Game is about to start. I don't know about you, Chris, but I would like to not see Team Japan. Yeah, especially because all those reports came out that Shohei Otani will be a go for tomorrow night's final if Japan wins tonight. Yeah, he will be fully ready. Most likely we will see a combination tomorrow. If we do play Team Japan Tuesday night, we will see a combination of Otani and Darvish. And to be honest, that scares me less than the other two pitchers for Team Japan, just for the sole purpose that everyone in the USA lineup has seen Otani and has seen Yu Darvish, so they know what they have. I would rather you know, Team USA go against people they know, even if they are better, because then you at least have you know film on them. You know where they like to pitch you and stuff like that. So I'm actually happy we're not seeing, you know, um, what's his name? Roki Sasaki for just Team Japan, the guy with those 105 with the nastiest splitter you've ever seen. Right. I'm very happy that he's pitching tonight against Mexico and not tomorrow against Team US if they make it there. So it's going to be an interesting game tonight. A, it's, still not a, it's not a great break either way. I mean, no, either either way, the Team USA is going to have a tough break with either Team Japan or even Team Mexico if Mexico ends up you know, pulling off the upset tonight against Team Japan. Mexico's already proven that they can beat Team US, they can score with Team US, and they can outpitch Team US. So it's going to be really interesting either way, whatever happens tonight. And we're just going to we're going to see what happens because I'm a huge Mexico fan. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, two good teams going at it tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to the big news story coming out today. Verdugo is using uh, the same bat as Randy Rosarina tonight. Did you hear about that? <laughs> he is. He is. And Verdugo is honestly someone who I thought in a tournament like this would get super hot and, and kind of take over. He had one clutch hit against Colombia, which honestly got Mexico to where they are now, but he hasn't really done much in, in the, in this tournament yet. And I've been surprised. It's really been a, Ro- a Rosarena and Joey Manessis for team Mexico that are carrying them. A Rosarena hears the word tournament and he's like, okay, now I'm going to start playing baseball. It, it doesn't make any sense. Kind of like how the playoffs go as well like he yeah. loves playoff baseball yeah you put this guy in a tournament setting and and he just goes off you put him in a 162 season and he's an average player it's incredible how he can just turn it on in the clutch i i don't really understand how you can just figure out how to play baseball all of a sudden or maybe he's just not trying normally i have no clue but it's it, it's crazy what he's able to do in a tournament setting because he, it's not like he's the best player in baseball, but once the playoffs or once a tournament happens, it's like, oh, there's yeah, Randy Rosarena. I don't really think he necessarily gives a shit whether he's the best player in baseball or not because put him in a scenario that's high intensity and it means a whole lot to him, and he's going to show up and he's going to show out. It, he is, and it's it's absolutely incredible. Having that that kind of player at the top of the lineup for Mexico is is insanely clutch because he can just set the tone for the entire game the guy can come out he he sets the tone for the whole team honestly at this rate he does yeah he sets the whole tone for the team the team is playing on his back honestly like he's not carrying them i'm not saying he's carrying the team but he sets the tone in the game and the with the he's elevating everyone around him absolutely with his play style and just with his simple attitude you know him uh, fucking he hits a double and he stands crosses his arms and just fucking does that stupid stare that i really hate but that's something that just gets your guys pumped the fuck up definitely did you see him pregame today uh wearing cowboy boots in the dugout yeah I, I actually did i i don't he's I really just, actually uh, don't like i'm not a big fan of randy but he's a guy who likes to entertain you know nobody ever talks i'm sorry i'm just watching tv as we're doing this ken rosenthal the guy must have a billion bow ties where does he keep them because he has a bow tie for every cause that there possibly could be like every disease yeah don't get me wrong great guy guy move great but it's like do you think his wife ever gets pissed off where he probably has more closet space than she does (laughs) 
Do you think he's ever reworn a bow tie? Yes, but I think he auctions them off. I'm, which I is like, look, like, don't surprised. get me wrong, great, great cause. But could you imagine how weird that would be if you were like look over someone's house for like a dinner party, and you're like, yeah, so here's uh, a signed baseball, here's some memorabilia, and then here's uh, this Ken Rosenthal top bow tie that I bought. Dude, auction. I would. I would love a Ken Rosenthal bow tie. I would love one. I mean, they probably go for like a million dollars, but I want one. Oh, no. We're good. Oh, my wife, I dropped. You know, we're just going to keep it going. We're going to keep it going. We're not going to, we're not going to drop Jake's life. You know what, Jake? How are you? We haven't seen you in a while. You know, I'm good. I'm good. I hit a, I hit the second ever 16 to seed, beating a one seed bet this weekend. So I'm just living on a high right now. Um, I, I don't know how you couldn't be. Bet, and uh, I'm great. That's good to hear. How much we, money did you put on really that? Really love having you back. Thank you. It's good. It's good to be back. Oh, I mean, because everybody, can... everybody heard uh, no music. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was music so on it just, when I went to go work. edit that podcast, and I just hear Dawes click it, and you guys are just like, "Oh, guess we don't have." <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. He always thinks Cute he always goes here. so confident in it, and he's like, "Dude, I got this! Like, I got it! I got it!" And then he fucks it up every time. I mean, he could. Maybe we need to have a a um a lesson. Maybe we'll have a, a master class on how to use the music. I would like that. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be helpful for, for everybody. Maybe you get Dawes even better than me. Uh, I highly doubt that'll ever happen, but we could get him close. Yeah, that's true. Look at you stepping in for Dawes while he has technical difficulties. What a guy. This is really hard. I'm not a great <laughs> Well, I mean, Mexico and Japan has just started. Roki Sasaki's first pitch, 101 miles an hour to Randy Rosarena, so... It's going to be a great night for Japan. And second pitch, 100 miles an hour to Randy Rosarena. This guy is nuts. And I actually just want to, I want to talk about this guy for a little bit because I've been doing some deep diving into Roki Sasaki, and this guy is fucking nuts. The pitches that he can throw and the quality of his starts are incredible. I don't understand how someone can throw 105 miles an hour and place pitches the way he does with the secondary of the splitter. Roki Sasaki, if this dude was in American baseball, he would be the number one prospect in America. He's like 23 years old. He wants to pitch in the MLB eventually. And a lot of guys on Team Japan, including including the greatest player possibly ever that everybody likes to talk about, Shohei Otani, has said that Roki Sasaki is a better pitcher than him. So, if Otani's great, Randy Rosarina went full menace mode talking about him. Today. Talking about oh, Sasaki just struck him out with one hundred two down the middle. Holy shit! Woo! He said uh, a media member asked a Rosarina today, "What do you expect from Sasaki today?" And he said, "What do I expect for him to lose today?" Well, bozo. that is a bozo take. Just, That's a bozo as, take after getting struck. I'm not out kidding. Right he just struck game. out on five straight fastballs. The, was the, it down the strikeout dick? pitch was down the dick and not one of those fastballs not one was even coming close to being touched and not one was under 100 miles an hour it's tough tough scenes tough scenes tough scenes randy this guy's fucking crazy who, who was the favorite th- to win tonight? it's I'm definitely japan, japan i think by like two yeah. and a half runs oh wow man it'll be interesting it, to see what it, happens it, then Right, because it's gonna. I mean, this really it the whoever wins tonight, either gonna be a kind of a I wouldn't say a cakewalk for the U.S., but Mexico's definitely Mexico's definitely the easier matchup. Especially, I don't see the U.S. losing to Mexico twice. Losing to them in pool play was honestly huge if they want to beat them in in the championship because I think it's very hard to beat a team twice, especially in the same week. You know, two weeks. Um. So I think it's really good that even even if Team USA does end up playing Mexico, that they have already lost. They know what Mexico has. They've already played Mexico. They were in the same pool. So 
I think that'd be a really good matchup for Team U.S., but the matchup that everybody wants to see is U.S.-Japan, the two best teams going at it, and it, it's just going to be incredible to see. Oh, Verdugo? Nope, fly out to left. Sorry. Um, no, it's going to be... Re- Japan has... How many times has Japan won the World Twice. Baseball Classic? Because I know in 2017, the final... Was, yeah, the 2017 final was what? It, it was, was uh, Puerto Rico? It was U.S. Puerto Rico. U.S.? Yeah. Uh, Team Japan has won the most times. They have two. We have one, uh, and I believe the Dominican has one. There's a, this is only the fifth one ever, so it's not, it's not. Well, yeah, the last the last the last um, World Baseball Classic in 2017 was the first. Of the yeah, US which is one. surprising, honestly. It's crazy that the, it took them four tries to get it done. When you look at the talent that the team you at Team US consistently puts out, we have the best MLB players. We have the best baseball players. There's no question in my mind. We have the best baseball players. Do they all want to play? I don't know. And you know, Chris, I you know I actually Probably want to get not. into this a little bit, a little bit deeper into the Team US. You know, not the great guys not playing and stuff like that, and the emotion we should we talked about. You know, last week the emotion that we saw from all these other teams, you know, the Latin American countries, Japan, a lot of these teams, this tournament means absolutely everything to them. And team us, we talked about last week. They just, it doesn't seem like it It doesn't seem like they care. It doesn't seem like anything like that. But this past weekend, the the go ahead grand slam by Trey Turner. And then just the absolute dicking that they gave Cuba. Finally, I saw the emotion come out of Team US and having a guy like Trey Turner who is so just straight face all the time. He's not a flashy guy. He never has been a flashy guy. He's just a everyday baseball player. Having a guy like that not being able to contain his emotions and screaming around the bases and just going nuts after hitting a grand slam, that's what I wanted to see from Team US. That ball got hit by Trey Turner and everyone was out of the dugout 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 immediately immediately everyone was out of the dugout surrounding this guy and getting hype finally that's what we wanted to see and they just took that momentum into the game against cuba and demolished cuba demolished cuba 14 to 2 it's fine it's just good to finally see them playing with some sort of emotion some sort of reason to play other than we have to play yeah, it's it's nice to see. I think the like you said, the Turner Grand Slam was the first time I really saw the Team USA kind of look like they gave a shit about the tournament. But overall, it's uh, the momentum so far has carried them. It's obviously carried them uh, this weekend in the past two games they've played, and it's going to carry them into the finals. And it'll they'll face a tough team in Japan. But I don't know when you're riding a high, it's pretty hard to come down. It is from it. and. You know, it's the same story, different day, and I feel like, you know, we're beating a dead horse here, but it's going to come down to the pitching for U.S. again, as, as, as it has pretty much every game and has it as it has been for the past couple months. It's just Which is just a toss-up, and I'm sorry, like, I'm not impressed by Wainwright or Lance Lynn that we're wheeling out there when Japan has Otani and Sasaki. Or- Sasaki, Sasaki, Who yeah. Is it- Saki. Yeah, I mean, we obviously we don't have a Darvish, we don't have an Otani, we don't have a Sasaki, we don't have the four guy who also throws a hundred miles an hour. We don't have that. We do have a much better lineup. Maybe not much better. We do have a better lineup, a better all around lineup. I personally think that Team Japan's probably coached a fuck ton better than us because I still think Mark DeRosa is doing a terrible job. And the pitching, you know, tomorrow's that's. They're probably going to call Merrill Kelly's number. It's his. It's his turn up in the rotation. It's his turn it up. Is, I, yeah. I was looking at it before, and DeRosa said after the game against Cuba, he said, "Hey, we're going to assess our pitching and how how it's going to go." He said, "I just wanted to get the bullpen through to the to the championship," and he did that. And you know whether it's Stinger or it's confirmed Merrill Kelly Merrill Kelly's going to start. Tomorrow, this right? is a guy was played for the Diamondbacks, had a great season for the Diamondbacks through 200-plus innings. I think he had a 3-3 ERA around there. Great year for the Diamondbacks, but this is a guy who has not really pitched with a lot of pressure, has not pitched in the playoffs, has not pitched in a game of this magnitude, so that could affect him 
in many ways. I'm sure they'll have Nick Martinez, Brady Singer, those kind of guys ready to go. But I would like to see Merrill Kelly go deep and give it to the bullpen. I don't really want to see another starter out there because we're going to come into a problem where the starters just don't know how to come in mid-game. And that's going to be the issue. Me personally, I think Merrill Kelly or Brady Singer is is the way to go tomorrow. I, I think with what Team US has available, those are two of the best options. Merrill Kelly... The guy is going to command the baseball. If there's something that you, if there's, if you don't take anything away from this podcast, take this away. Merrill Kelly will not walk a lot of guys. He's going to command the strike zone and he is going to be a force on the mound. I really just don't know if the pressure is going to get to him. The pressure of a world, it's a world championship against probably the best lineup he's ever seen. That's what it's going to come down to. Can he handle yeah. the pressure of a world championship? Well, the, also the issue is going to be like, is he going to start pitching around guys or is he going to go after people? And if he goes after people, that's Especially with dicey. this Team Japan. I mean, Otani, obviously we know about Otani, but Yoshida's shown his power. Um, the, their third baseman, Murakami, who I talked about, like he was the second coming with a couple MVPs and home run, uh, uh, 58 home runs last year in the NPB has not played well this World Baseball Classic. It's just a matter of time before the guy breaks out. I'm I'm hoping that's going to be tonight because I just really want to see the guy hit the shit out of the ball. But there's a lot of guys on Team Japan. There's a lot of guys on Mexico who you might want to work around in a World Baseball Classic championship. There's no, there's no. There's no second game. It's you win this or you. it's over. And the last thing I want is Team Japan to have three championships and U.S. with one. Tie it up to two. And then four years from now, let's go kick their fucking ass again. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to see to see what happens tonight in the Japan-Mexico game. See who the U.S. ultimately gets drawn into tomorrow. Uh, any update on Arenado? I know the X-ray came back negative, but he's. I'm assuming. He'll, he'll uh, I I don't know right. honestly. I haven't seen anything that has been definitive about Arenado. You know, he took that pitch off the hand, but I don't know because I'd have to imagine if you're a, the part of the Cardinals organization. So here's where the dilemma. Be, there, here's where the dilemma is. That that's where it is. Nolan Arenado has arguably been the best player besides Trey Turner for the Team US. He is hitting the best. He is consistently hitting the ball and getting on base, and he obviously is the best third baseman in the world. With that being said, US has other guys they could plug in, but no one will be there to the effect that Nolan Arenado will be. They can sub in McNeil, but McNeil is not as good of a glove at third base as Arenado, and obviously we know the bat is a huge difference as well. Arenado, it's so hard because the dilemma really is is the World Baseball Classic versus the Cardinals, and how much sway can the Cardinals have on him playing or not? And I think a lot because they're the one that pays him his fucking salary. So it's I don't know what's going to happen. I still think he'll play because I really don't think it's that serious. But if the Cardinals don't want him to play, I think they probably have the power to be like, you ain't fucking playing. Sorry. Yeah, the more that I'm reading into this, it looks like DeRosa mainly said that Arenado, if the game was closer, Arenado would have fought to stay in the game, which is a great sign, obviously. Looks like probably just taken out for precautionary reasons, but if you're the Cardinals, there's a 1,000% chance you do not want him playing in this game tomorrow night just for precautionary reasons. But, like, you can't, again, you can't tell these guys to not play in these games. They're obviously playing with a lot of emotion right now. They're all wrapped up, and they're all bought into this idea of winning a championship now. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation for the Cardinals here because I'm assuming playing with the I mean let's let, let's let's be honest here if this if this happened in spring training the Cardinals would most likely sit him out a few days if not just not play most him most likely they day. would not play him till opening day if this happened then yeah 
So essentially, for like if you're if you're sitting in the Cardinals front office evaluating this, this is just kind of the worst case scenario for you here because it's your hands off at this rate. It's and you're only watching what can happen now. And you're holding I, mean, your I was holding my breath yesterday when I saw him get hit in the first place. And I'm not even a Cardinals fan. I was holding my breath because yeah. immediately it didn't look good. And then, and then he looked pretty. And then when I saw the replay and everything, you know, he, he looked fine. It didn't look like it was going to be too much damage. And, and it isn't, it's good to know that he wanted to get back in there. If it was closer, he would have. And that makes me more optimistic for him playing Tuesday night in that championship. But uh, if they, they need him, they need him. They need the experience. You know, Arenado and Goldschmidt, I think, are honestly the two most important players on this team because everywhere else, I feel like we we have players that we could sub in and they would be just just as good. I think you can't sub people in for Goldschmidt and Arenado, especially because those are the two guys that were on the championship team in 2017. Those are the only two guys from the 2017 team to come back and play again. I think the experience already winning a championship is going to be really important. And those are two of our best players on the corners, two of our best gloves, two of our best bats. That's the heart of our order. So I think those two guys are going to be really important in this final. And Mm -hmm. if Arenado doesn't play, it's going to be a huge hit for team us because the difference between Arenado and, you know, someone like McNeil is, is it's pretty it's pretty hefty, even though McNeil will get on base a lot. He won't su- supply the power that Arenado has or the glove. So him playing in this game is very important for U.S. Especially if they go up against someone like Japan, where you're going to be facing Otani and you're essentially going to be fighting an uphill battle from the opening yeah, even, even pitch. So it'll be... Yeah, I was just saying, Sorry, even looking ahead. at it like defensively wise, Team Japan is a team that likes to play small ball a lot too. They'll bunt, they'll steal, they'll hit and run. They'll do a lot of things that we need our number one third baseman out there to handle. I think Team Japan will find absolutely any way to win this championship. They will play small ball and they will hit the ball out of the park. They'll steal, they'll pick off they'll do absolutely everything to win this championship so having arenado out there defensively is so important uh what's your opinion on the jose altuve fractured thumb and i'm not sure time frame necessarily for that but astros fans must not be too happy right now with the world baseball classic it's 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 like being look it's the the same way i was where i understand that this this tournament is important to a lot of players, and I've come to a, a general consensus of my own thoughts of that this tournament is great. The timing of it is not, but look if this and I, I hate to be that guy because there's there's been a ton of these guys on the internet, but Altuve suffers this injury in November and he's ready to go by opening day. Yeah, it's true. And it's we talked about it on on the last podcast is we both think that this tournament's great. It's great for the game of baseball. It's great to grow the game. It's great for it's just a phenomenal thing. And I, I do think that one thing that people need to stop doing is stop comparing this to the World Cup. This is not the World Cup. This is not it's not the world this cup. This is not, not the World Cup. The and that's world what cup. I feel like a lot of people are expecting. You know, they they hear World Baseball Classic and they're expecting World Cup. This is not the World Cup. The World Cup aside from maybe the Olympics, is the biggest thing to happen in sports. Every single country cares because every single country plays soccer and it's incredible, it's huge, and it's a big deal. This is not that. Okay, This is not the World Cup. This is the World Baseball Classic. It's much different. And I think that's why a lot of people hate it is because they're trying to think of it as a World Cup and they're like, if it's not as electric as the World Cup, then fuck this, It's, it's pointless. It's not. It grows the game a lot. You know, you know one thing I saw that I thought was crazy, you know, since the start of the the World Baseball Classic, Shohei Otani has gained over 2 million Instagram followers. 2 million in 2 weeks. I I, I and did you hear how many uh, Yeah, Lars, Lars gained? gained like almost a million too, I think. Yeah. I think within uh 
like less than seven days of the tournament starting, and I can gain five hundred thousand. And I can probably guarantee you that amount of eighty percent of them are probably days. Japanese. <laughs> Japanese, they, yeah, they, they I mean, love Lars Newbar. Look at the the total, the engage, the I don't have the exact engagement totals in front of me, but like viewership in Japan, I saw crazy. that it was um, it was a lot of people so are watching in Japan, it, like. I'm talking. I'm talking more than 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 we get so for the I'm, Super Bowl. I'm almost here. positive the stat I saw was it was 42 to 46 percent of Japanese TVs were tuned in to the um, the Japanese quarterfinal game. 42 yeah. percent. That's almost half of the TVs in Japan. And do you want to hear an even crazier one? Puerto Rico. Yeah, give me it. Sixty-two 62%. 62%. We don't get that high for 62% of Puerto Rico was tuned in, in to their game against the Dominican. That's wild. And that's why this that's it's why awesome. this tournament is so important. And that's why people need to stop underrating this tournament. It's so important to grow the game. We football and soccer and basketball, they're grown. They are. They, like, they can still grow it farther, and especially American football. But No, but it's cool that people who don't watch baseball are watching baseball now because of Exactly, and, and I think that's a huge part of it because what Major League Baseball in particular has struggled with is engagement. People are not engaged, and they don't want to engage yeah. online talking about baseball. It's just it's not the same as the other American sports. I, that's why I think this – this tournament specifically is just so important to just get more people involved in the game, talking about the game, talking about the players that we have. And I think this tournament specifically is really important for that. And I think if Team US wins, it's even more important. And I think the US will probably get a lot more viewers maybe around the entire MLB season if they see Team US go out and win this tournament. Well, I think a big part about this too is – I think something that baseball misses that a lot of sports have is the personalities within the game. And we don't really exploit those. And I don't, I use that word very sparingly, but we need to broadcast the personalities that we have in our game a little more because people like to watch Trey Turner get excited over a home run or Shohei Otani hit a bomb. You know, it's, or Lindor celebrated inside the park home run and everyone, every Puerto Rican fan in the world is going crazy. It's just, we need to exploit these moments and we need to show how impactful and how fun the game of baseball can be when we don't use these old timey written unwritten rules of baseball. Couldn't agree with you more. It's, it's, it's so, so important. And, you know, we kind of got off track from the original question about Altuve, but how do I feel about Altuve? I, the guy is going to miss probably two months with the broken finger. It, it's a huge it, – it, it's going to hurt the Astros, obviously. They're still the best team in the league. It's it, point blank period. They still have like the best team in the league. And it, it, losing Altuve sucks. It'll suck for a couple months. But it's the beginning of the season. It's okay. And I'm, I'm sure they'll still get out to a, a, a good run in, in April and May. But losing Altuve is – it's going to hurt. It's definitely going to hurt. It's going to hurt and uh we'll we'll see how the Astro I don't I don't know how long they mentioned him I, being out for. I think you know, it's 2 months. What the time frame on that? All right. Well, that's, you know, June June is not a is not a backstabber for Ooh, Sasaki just got a line drive in the gut. Looks like Ooh. he's okay. He's going to stay in the game. Chris, should we uh, should we talk about the madness of this weekend? Yeah, let's 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 talk a little. Talk so a little obviously, we know we got the college hoops guru, Chris Dodds. He's the guru of college hoops. I'm the guru of women's college hoops, obviously. Um, but we saw some great college basketball this weekend. March Madness was phenomenal. It's in full swing, dude. We're down to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Great upsets, great games. I know your Providence Friars didn't make it, but it's all right. 
where's it's it's still so much fucking fun dude fairly dickinson princeton like these teams that it's just like who the fuck are you and they just win games and i love it and it makes no sense it's just great yeah i'm having a lot of fun with this tournament so far princeton is a fun story as always we love 15 16 seeds knocking off one or twos a team i'm really looking forward to watching in the sweet 16 is miami this team, like I've been I've been saying this for weeks now, this team has returned almost an entire roster that they took to the Elite Eight last year. So when you are making your revenge brackets come sweet sixteen, which which I which I think drop today, they dropped today or tomorrow they come out. Whatever it may be that you can redo your bracket, definitely take a look at Miami and consider Maybe even putting them in the final four. There's something about having a return team that a lot of people don't realize how important it is. It's extremely important just because there's so, there's just, it's, you can't even put it into words how important it is to just be cool, calm, and collective in some of these moments. We saw it this weekend where it looked like teams were the favorites the entire time and, Come the last four or five minutes of the game, the entire pace changes, and it looks they all they look out of rhythm, flustered, and it just end, ends up costing them a game. Hundred percent. The one team in particular I thought that was going to go far, and I saw them get flustered this weekend was Marquette. yeah um, Marquette with a, a great regular season, but the, when it got time to it, they just couldn't really pull it off. And Shaka Smart wins one game in the NCAA tournament, eight for his, he's eight losses in his last nine games. So, you know, you know, the madness is going to continue. I'm sure we're going to see some, some more upsets. I'm, I mean, I hope Princeton can go as far as possible because it's just so fun to have a team go deep like that, a 15 seed or like, that's just so fun. (laughs) I'll tell you, I'll tell you right off the rip who I think is a good pick for uh, Thursday night's game. I I really, really like FAU over Tennessee. I think Tennessee is... I, I, I just... Tennessee has been on the decline for a long time now. I'm with you. I'm with you. So... I don't... I don't know how... I don't know how much longer... I don't like Tennessee. For. I mean, that that was a good... It was a good win over Duke. There don't were some wrong, questionable calls. Over Duke, but it's a very... There were some questionable calls, and it was... This is a Duke team who is kind of still trying to figure out their identity post Coach K. So I don't really buy into a lot of the Tennessee game. What people should really be looking at are the last two games that they've had to play, the SEC quarterfinal and the first round in the NCAA. So they had to play Louisiana one by three. SEC quarterfinal lose to Missouri. These are two games where they just didn't look like they have been looking all season. And I think this holds a lot of weight going into the tournament. So I I'm, I think FAU is a team that people are probably counting out already in this game, but I'm with don't you. count them out. I, I, I've been really down on Tennessee. That's why I had Duke beating them in my bracket. I, I just didn't – I don't really see it. I don't really see how they go deep deeper in this tournament. I think if that's – if you're looking for an upset, I think that's it. I mean, FAU – a nine seed. I didn't have them being here, but it's not the point. Did not the point. I had Memphis, but FAU played a great game against Memphis. End of the game heroics, and they they move on. They get lucky and have to play Fairly Dickinson. So, I mean, Fairly Dickinson stuck around for that first half, but FAU ended up pulling away at the end. I don't mind picking FAU over Tennessee this week just because I'm so down on Tennessee. I just don't see how this team can go that much deeper. Yeah, it'll be fun to see. We can do a little uh, – maybe on Thursday show we can do a um, preview for the Friday slate because – I think that's a good idea. Obviously, we'll be recording during the games on Thursday, but we will Thursday show. We will wrap up the World Baseball Classic final tomorrow night. So it's all it's all it's all good stuff. Exactly, what we were talking about today nine, nine days fucking day. days, Chris. Nine days, 
Now, do you remember when we started this podcast and we like there was months? It seemed like years away when and we first started. And now it's nine this podcast. days away. I'm so excited. I'm watching my starting left fielder hit right now, and he looks like a handsome man. So ready for the Red Sox. So ready for the season. Let's fucking go. I really hope that we see some craziness this season. Like I just want to. I just want madness. I do too. I do too. And speaking of madness, I'm looking forward. It's Monday, and I'm already looking forward to Friday for some more madness. I'm looking forward to Friday and Thursday. So is the is the Elite Eight this yeah, weekend? Yeah. So too, Thursday and Friday will be the Sweet Eight. Sixteen, and then Saturday, Sunday, Elite Eight. Then the week after, Thursday, Friday. Final four, I believe, and then something like that. I don't remember. My my only my only thing that that I miss, and this happens every year, is I the one thing I really miss about the round of sixty four is just every twenty to twenty five minutes, just skipping back and forth to all these games, and your brain just being so confused, and a lot of information is being thrown at your head, and there's crazy finishes every. 15 to 20 minutes so it's uh that's one thing i miss but i'm looking forward to going into a weekend where i can focus solely on one one game's ending at a time yeah but that first like the first two days of march madness are are, it's chaos but it's it's It's, the best chaos because you can watch every game if there's a bad game there's probably a better one on if if you want to watch someone else like it's incredible and let me tell you something dude if there is a team that I am high on right now in the Sweet 16, it's those University of Connecticut Huskies. We'll see. Go what Huskies, we'll see baby! What I'm not a fan of. I am not a fan. Took of the, the Husky Huskies spread twice, Make baby. No. Adama Sonogo. That guy's a fucking beast. He's averaging like 25 points in the first two games of the tournament. He's a monster, monster. Nobody plays with the intensity like UConn. They can push the ball down the court with the fucking best of them. I love UConn. And Chris hates UConn because he's like, ooh, I went to Providence. How's Ed Cooley? I'm not. No Who's going to coach the Providence Friars this year? Chris Rodazzo? No, is is no he going to? I've thrown my hat into the mix. Have already you? tweeted it. Yeah. I, I'll read Let's you my it. official Let's statement per Daz. said, uh, I'd officially like to announce my candidacy for head coach of the Providence College Friars men's basketball program. I played CYO basketball. <laughs> the bench. No further comment. At, the time. at least you didn't lie on your resume. No, it's, it's a very brutal and honest resume, but um, I'd like to announce on this podcast that I have not heard back yet but i am i'm still i'm in the coaching carousel right now they could very well be thinking about it you can't say i'm not you can't say i'm not like did i not you cannot my hat is in the ring it's your hat is in on twitter you can go look you can't deny that there's there's realistically like there's a very slim to zero percent chance but there's like Mathematically, there has to be. I guess a there, yeah. Mathematically, there has to be a chance because you did announce that your hat is in the ring. I did announce. It's just like you, you know. You ever know how you uh, become a professional golfer? You just say it's you're really a professional easy. golfer. Yeah. You just say you're a professional golfer. You just go to a turn. You pay like the the thing that's so slept on about golf and compared to other sports is at the at the very lowest tier of professional golf you have to pay Mm -hmm. to get into the tournaments which is like it's not a lot it's like 250 bucks but you pay and obviously if you win you win a purse like you you split a purse depending on where you finish in that tournament but if you pay to go into one of those tournaments you're a professional golfer should we do it doesn't mean you're good that'd be great content i i I would have to dedicate so much time for me to not go. Who cares if you embarrass yourself? Well, the thing is, it's like you have to pay to qualify for the tournament, and then you have to pay for the tournament itself. Okay. 
I think it would be great content. I still think I should. I think I think we should try to qualify for the U.S. Open. We can try. I think that would be even better. Let's do it. I think that'd be even better content. Because theoretically, if you think about this, right? Like everyone's at some point in their life is just going to play out of their minds, and all we have to do to move on is I think you have to be top ten in your individual individual sectional qualifying to go to the regional qualifier. So if we can just play out of our minds and get into the longest day of golf where you have to play 36 holes in one day yeah, to make it to the U.S. Open, we would just have to play literally out of our yeah, minds. Yeah, I don't think I have that in me quite yet. Maybe a couple range sessions and I'll be there. I just got to hit the range. Because you have to, there's there's a lot of people who make those regionals. So it's like, you know, people who are making those regionals know they have no shot of making it, but they just played really well. I guess, yeah. In the sectionals. But we would have to play really well. When's the last time play I really played well. golf really well? Been a while. If ever. I don't know. Really well is a strong statement. We'll we'll keep this we'll keep this in our. I mean, I'll keep it in the back, back of my mind. I I would I would love to qualify for the U.S. Open. It's the Dell Mass play this week, it by is. the way. So that's that's what it was. You know, the other day you were asking me, and I was like, I think so, and then we couldn't figure it out. Uh, this is one of my favorite tournaments of the entire year, just because it's. I forgot that they do this in purposefully during March Madness because it's a bracket style tournament. I forgot that too. That's one of the I reasons why they do it this time. I completely forgot year. about that. And they always get um they always have a good field. They always have a good field. Let's look at let's look at the bracket. Make it more fun. Okay, group 1. Okay. Scotty, Tom Kim, and two guys I don't know. Sanjay M in 16, Fleetwood. Uh, group two: John Rom, Billy Horschel, Keith Mitchell, Ricky, Cam Young. Let's see who else: Rory Keegan, Tyrell Hatton, Jake. Like I'm with you, Jake. I, I love him reason. too. Should probably should 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 both of you should probably be medicated. Patrick Cantlay, Adam Scott, Max Homa. This is this is. Kiz Hideki, ooh, this is. I was group five. Group five and group twelve is going to be a very difficult. Yep, I was going to say the same thing. Group five is definitely going to be tough. You know, with home on Matsunama. Kiz has the all time. Kiz Kiz has the all time best record in this. It's like uh, Poulter with the Ryder Cup. It's just like some guys just decide to turn it on. Kiz comes alive. They just decide to turn it on for this. Well, it's yeah. It's also it's also a completely different form of golf when instead of you're you're playing stroke yeah, play, you're it, just playing it, and it honestly for some guys I feel like it's a mental thing. It's just like Oh, did you see well you saw what kid did you see, I don't know if you saw this last year. So last year Kiz played Scotty Scheffler yeah. in the finals and obviously Scotty Scheffler wins just because of the fact that Scotty Scheffler was on probably one of the greatest golf tears that we've seen. Since probably Jordan Spieth, Tiger Woods, that kind of that kind of winning spree. Kiz has his ball his ball probably thirty yards in front of Scotty's. Kiz as they're walking down the fairway, Scotty gets to his ball. Kiz walks all the way up to his ball, gets a yardage, and then walks all the way back. So it makes Scotty wait. Like that—that's what makes this mind tournament games, so much fun. Yeah. Is there's mind games. Well, yeah, yes. it's a lot different when you're playing when you're not. It's not strokes against everyone. Like you're just playing match play, like hole by hole against a per. Like it's you can get in their heads. It's 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 just that it brings that much more into the game of golf, which is already such a mental game. It it get, brings it to that next level of mental because now you don't. I think we should. I think we should give a pick for this tournament right now because by thir- by the time this by the time Thursday comes around, this tournament will have already started. So someone right, could have already been ahead, bounced from this. I so I, I'm I'm trying to think here because I like a few guys. 
I Tommy Fleetwood's been playing some really good golf lately, but he's never won on the U.S. soil, so it's kind of hard to have a confident pick with him right now. Yeah. You know? I'm going to say... Like Homa's Homa would be a good pick, but and and this is all ba- seeding is all based off of world rankings right now. So, damn, this is this is difficult. I'm gonna say who are you gonna say? <laughs> Jordan 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 either Jordan. I'm going kids. Either Jordan Spieth or kids this week. Right. I can't decide. I, I'll I'll give you two. You're allowed to have two. Um, I think, and I like Jordan because this I is think, in his home state, and he almost just won I this think, past week. So, just for the sole purpose, because we talked about it. I, I don't remember what what episode it was or how long ago it was, but. Uh, I remember talking about how I always bet on Morikawa, and every time I bet on him, he misses the cut. Every time I don't bet on him, he ends up top five. Uh, so I'm gonna—I'm picking Morikawa because if I just keep picking him, eventually it. it'll happen. So I think I'm gonna stick with Morikawa for the rest of the entire year and just bet on Morikawa for everything, and eventually he'll win something. Agreed. I actually. So mad about that anomaly. Every no, it's like every time I bet on him, he misses the cut. Every time. <laughs> oh god. Can I ask a question, actually? Yeah, go and for it. I'm not trying to make fun or like poke at you or anything. I'm I'm genuinely curious. What why would Ed Cooley want to go mm-hmm. to George, Georgetown? Uh, uh. This is consumed. I just, just a one already. sentence answer. Fuck it. Here we go. Well, it's it's not a one sentence answer, so I'm gonna okay. I'll give you the spiel. It's a really simple. It's a really really Let's simple answer here, and this is objectively from a college basketball fan. Cooley went to Georgetown because they have more nil money, and the heights that that job could take you as of right now are way higher than what. Providence College could take you because Georgetown has the endowment. They have the money to give you pretty much the keys to the kingdom. They can give you whatever the hell you want right now. You want a shit ton of NIL money to go sign the best, the best recruit in the country. They can do that. Providence College's budget is not what Georgetown's is. So the resources are essentially unlimited at Georgetown. And this has been a job that Cooley has been tied to for years. Georgetown's been trying to poach him forever just because of the whole John Thompson Providence connection. It kind of seemed like that was always going to be the next step for Cooley, but I'm going to go on the record here and say, I think this is a really shitty move for Georgetown. I don't think this is a good look for the conference. And I'm not just saying that because it's my coach. I think it would be a shitty move if anyone went in conference. Yeah, I think going in conference is tough. I, I, I was generally just curious because you look at Providence and the program that they've been, you know, in the past five, 10 years, and they've been a very, pro- very good program for especially how, how, oh my God, especially for the, how, oh my God, especially for the size of the school, they have been a very good program. And you look at Georgetown, they won their first Big East game in two years this year. Like, they can't do shit. Yeah. And you know what? And, and I'm sorry, I, but 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 one coach, one on coach this. going from Patrick Ewing to Ed Cooley, even if you get more, even if Ed Cooley can get more recruits than Patrick Ewing, does not change you that much. Yeah. So uh, cool. So Cooley, Cooley, essentially. So this team, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not an excuses guy, so I'm not gonna start pouring the whole season on Cooley. But this team did not look right for the last month. Reports came out this morning, and they're true. You can go look online right now. It's a very easy search. Cooley filed to put his house on the market on March 3rd, which was less than a week and a half after we played Georgetown. It was confirmed today that when we went to go play Georgetown in the last weekend of February, Cooley met with Georgetown reps. His house went on the market today. And if you look at the the listing on Zillow, which you can easily find, 
it is 100% like this this was this was a move that was like I'm talking professional photos inside the house and you can you see it it's Chris Dunn jerseys up on the wall like all of this shit so like he has known from at least the bare minimum of March 3rd that he's 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 out the door which probably leads to why that it was a 24 point blowout on senior night at home the team is lost they knew he was leaving and this has been a horrible way to manage this on Ed's part this is, I mean, this guy could have run for the mayor of Rhode Island and he would have been elected. Excuse me, the mayor, the governor of Rhode Island, the mayor of Providence. This is just absolutely, I've never seen anyone burn bridges like this before. He is, will never be welcomed in Friartown again. <laughs> so, this I is love bad. that you call it Friartown. This is bad. He for for twelve years he preached us we together family friars. You know what it is now, Ed? It's us we together. <laughs> fuck you. Should put that on a t shirt. All right, that's uh, that's that. I'm done. That's I'm done our new segment board. called "Getting Pissed with Daz." Oh my god! Should we call JMO? We yeah, have we have JMO. we still have our bicycle question. Can you get a DOI on a bicycle? Let's find out from our in-home police officer. This kid. God damn it, Jesus doesn't pick up. This kid hates picking up his phone. Hates it. We called him one time. He was in love with being called. He was so happy. He texted me after and said, can we do this all the time? I've called him the past three episodes. No answer. He's never getting called again. No longer a reoccurring guest. He was a one-time guest. We need a new in-house police officer. Does anybody know any police officers? He was the only one I knew. Dang it. Should we get into some I guess we should. Powered by Riverside. All right, picks for Tuesday, March 21st. Zach. All right, for like? me, you know, since we're getting in the swing of things, I'm going to switch over. You know, we're done with basketball. I'm not giving basketball picks anymore. Women's basketball, I know I'm the guru, but I'm done. It's college baseball time, baby. College baseball, college baseball pick for me. Ooh. I got Grand Canyon, the number 25 team in the country, going up against Arizona State tomorrow. I'm picking Grand Canyon. And that's it. I have no reason why. I'm just picking Grand Canyon. And if you want to win money, you nope. no. If you want no to win money, you'll reason. probably bet on it. And if you don't want to win money, you won't. I'll go. You know what? I'm going to double down with that. I haven't given a college baseball pick, and I can't find a line for college baseball. So I'm doubling down on Grand Canyon with Zach. Good pick. First double this down. Is our first double down. We need to double down sound. Double down. Fuck it, triple down. Triple down. There we go. Triple down. <laughs> Grand go. Canyon over Arizona State. God, we're going to look stupid if they lose. Boy, there's going to be some mad people. <laughs> this yeah, the, all seven of them. I have to bet it now. Yeah, no, I think I have to too. No, I have to bet it. Well, I mean, that's just what we do. We, we win money out here. We win you money. I am March. No, you're not. Actually, I'm not March. I'm definitely not March. I'm definitely not March. I might be Feb. I might be. February, I'm only March when I'm betting on UConn. If you were Ooh. a month, what month would you be? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think I want to ask. I, I, Wait, I, I okay, think hold I'm, up. I want to. We're get not to doing point. roulette like, spin right, until I, I, I figure this out. Really, where, where I ask everybody, think about like what month they are. I feel like I'm a January. I feel like I'm like a November. I could see yeah. that. Yeah, right? Or like a no- mm, Yeah, November fits, yeah. November, right? Because you got Thanksgiving, a little cold, but not too cold. 
a flannel weather. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I think I, I, I'm, I, I'm a, um, I think, I think hmm. so, I'm September. Because I, because it's like, because it's, it's, it, because you still get that like back end of summer. So it's like, it's 65, 75. It's, you're just starting to move into fall golf, which is elite. True. Fall golf is unreal. Football starts, but in, and then right towards the back, like the ass crack of September is when you start getting like that, like little chill in the air. And it's like, oh my God, get me outside at a football game right now. I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly what I'm talking about. That little chill, but so it's that's the in my opinion, that's like the 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 wildest full circle of emotions in September. It's like September beginning, it's you're like it's the hangover from summer. And then middle September, football, and then back at back half of September, fall golf, little chill in the air, sweater weather. It's better than that. I don't think there's anything better than that. I wish we could have that. Well, I wish there was a place on the planet where that weather existed all year round. Like it, it, it didn't get to the point in like July where it's you're like, oh, where do I have to live where it's between sixty and sixty and eighty I think degrees San Diego. all the time? I think San Diego, but I don't even. I That's what I'm saying. So I don't want it to get hotter summer. than like eighty, eighty five. Florida at this well, time yeah, of year is perfect. I, I feel like you, you just have to move. You have to move all the time. Well, I wouldn't. Like I know I I would not want to live in. I wouldn't want to live in Florida. Period. It rains way too much, and it's hot and humid, and there's old people. You should go to Seattle. Then yeah, never rains. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So we get into roulette spin. Let's spin. Whoa! 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 Okay. I don't. I have to pinch myself. No, I'm, I'm right. okay. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm here. I'm still kicking, but that was um that was a uh, a bad a bad stutter. What would you classify that as? That wasn't even, even a that stutter. Was... That was a Ooh. mispronunciation. All right, lady, All win right, us some money and mm-hmm. spin that fucking wheel. Spin that wheel. Four, 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 four. Four? Who's, who's, who's the best player in baseball? Who has four? I have no clue. Four. Can't even think of one. Can't even think of one person. Skate to the four. And thirty-one. Ah, Mike Piazza. I could have told you, Mike Mike Piazza. Piazza. Maybe we should start doing that. Instead of picking a random number, we pick a random. Got a random baseball player, and then pick their jersey number as the number. But I guess then we have to get we kind of have to get guys with less under thirty six. But I feel like that's a lot of baseball players. I like that idea. We're doing that next time. And the random player is mm, Tim Lincecum. And the random player is Colin Cowgill. Is it? What number I have no clue. You, what number? What would I know? Is it really that important? Right now. Okay, look kind it up of. so you can tell everyone. He wore four, That's a lot twelve, of numbers. That's too many. Seven. He should have had one. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for hanging out today on Tuesday. We will catch you on Friday with another episode. The end of the World Baseball Classic, Sweet Sixteen matchups for March Madness, and. Just a couple more days till opening day. Thank you guys for hanging out, and we will see you Friday. Bye.